Do you have fine or thinning hair? Or maybe you're just looking for longer, healthier hair or stronger, longer nails. Have you heard that biotin supplements will help? On today's episode, we discuss vitamin B7, more commonly known as biotin, and its current popularity as a hair and nail growth supplement. I'm Professor Megan. I'm Professor Susan. And we're your nutrition profs. We are registered dietitians and college professors who have taught more than 10,000 students about health and nutrition. We have answered a lot of questions about nutrition over the years. Some questions we get asked every year, and some are rarely asked, but very interesting. We are here to share our answers to these common and uncommon nutrition questions with you. So bring your curiosity and let's get started. Welcome Welcome to to our class. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We really love hearing from you. We read all of your reviews and definitely appreciate all of your feedback. Keep them coming. Yes. And if you have a nutrition question you'd like us to answer or a new food you'd like us to try, let us know that too. You can contact us through our website, yournutritionprofs.com, or send us a message via Instagram, Facebook, or send us an email to yournutritionprofs at gmail.com. In today's episode, we answer the question, should I take a biotin supplement for healthy hair and nails? This is a question I've gotten a lot, especially lately. I hear commercials for biotin supplements all the time to grow stronger, longer hair and nails. And it's reported that between 1999 and 2016, the proportion of those taking biotin supplements increased nearly 30-fold. Wow. I mean, a lot of my female students would just tell me that they were taking biotin supplements for their hair or for their nails. Yeah, I get that too. It's very popular. Well, let's start out with what biotin actually is. Biotin was first discovered in 1927, but it took an additional 40 years to be recognized as a vitamin. And that wasn't even 60 years ago. It was originally called a vitamin H, with the H standing for har and hot, which is German for hair and skin. I didn't know you spoke German. Oh. Uh, Two words. <laughs> if, if our German listeners out there, please don't judge me. <laughs> please don't, for sure. <laughs> Now it's known as biotin or vitamin B7, and it's one of the eight water-soluble B vitamins. Have You've probably heard of an enzyme before, right? Well, biotin acts as a coenzyme. Enzymes are made out of proteins and allow chemical reactions to take place. Coenzymes help enzymes do their jobs. And biotin specifically helps enzymes create energy and break down lipids. It also helps the body make protein, which is specifically why biotin is linked to hair and nail growth. So Susan, how much biotin do we need to reap all these benefits? Well, I'm sure many of you have heard of RDA or recommended dietary allowance. And if not, Here's a quick definition. The RDA of a nutrient is the average daily level of intake that meets the needs of most healthy individuals, about 98% of us. These are determined by scientists and nutrition experts who gather all the research data available on a nutrient and together to determine the amount of a nutrient that meets these needs. They also provide the upper limit or the maximum amount of a nutrient that should be consumed for various groups. But not all nutrients have an RDA or an upper limit. 
That's right. When there is not an RDA, this means that there's not enough established human evidence to determine the amount that meets the needs of that 98% of the population. So instead of an RDA, that nutrient has an AI or adequate intake. Biotin has an adequate intake value. This is their best educated guess based on the evidence that is available. The AI for healthy adults is 30 micrograms. And it's estimated that most healthy adults in the U.S. already consume more than that. So it's not a nutrient that many people are deficient in. And there is no upper limit. That means that there is insufficient human data identifying adverse effects from high doses of biotin. Plus, it's water-soluble. For most people and most water-soluble vitamins, taking excess leads to just peeing it out. You pee out all those nutrients so they can't build up in the body. Yes, but really high doses of biotin supplements can lead to incorrect or false results of certain lab tests. So for example, if someone has been taking high dose biotin supplements, their blood work may falsely identify them as having hyperthyroidism. Wow, that's actually really interesting. What about biotin deficiency? What might cause that? Well, there are actually a few genetic diseases that affect biotin metabolism, which means a person cannot break down or use biotin correctly from their food. But these are rare and typically diagnosed via newborn screening that occurs at birth. There's also certain medications that can lead to significantly low biotin levels, certain anti-seizure medications, some antibiotics, even acne medication. And like with many vitamins, those with severe gastrointestinal diseases such as inflammatory bowel disease or those who drink large amounts of alcohol may be at increased risk of deficiency. And even though the recommended amount of biotin doesn't increase during pregnancy, mild deficiency can occur during both pregnancy and lactation. Eggs are a really good source of biotin, and it's found in both the white and the yolk. But interestingly, those who eat large amounts of only egg whites, like six or more at a time, may also be at increased risk of a biotin deficiency. So only the whites are problematic? Yes, egg whites contain a protein called avidin that binds to biotin, and that prevents us from absorbing it in the small intestine. But it's largely accepted that applying heat or cooking deactivates most of that avidin. So as long as you're cooking your egg whites, you're probably good. Mm, that's a good. That, that's a good thing. <laughs> in addition to eggs, biotin can be found in other higher protein foods. One of the best sources of biotin is beef liver. Not one of my favorites. (laughs) Me either. But just three ounces of beef liver, which is about the size of a deck of cards, provides more than 100% of the recommended amount for adults. Salmon provides about 17%, while a pork chop or hamburger patty provides about 13%. Two other non-animal protein sources of biotin include sunflower seeds and almonds. Other sources include sweet potato, spinach, and there is a tiny bit in banana and broccoli. Like all nutrients, though, plant variety, the season of the year, and processing can affect biotin content of foods. And guess what? We can synthesize or make biotin ourselves in the gut microbiome of the large intestine. You gotta love the gut microbiome. (laughs) It's so versatile. It is. (laughs) But we don't really have a firm grasp of how much of it we're making, absorbing, or using. 
But research suggests that the average dietary intake of biotin in the Western population is between 35 and 70 micrograms a day. So if the recommendation is 30, it does not seem like biotin deficiency is a widespread issue. Yeah, exactly. However, symptoms of those with the biotin deficiency include thinning of hair and possible even loss of hair all over the body, as well as brittle nails, a scaly rash around the face, uh, skin infection, depression, even seizures. These symptoms develop slowly, though, and are typically the result of a very severe deficiency. And those with congenital or hereditary biotin deficiencies are typically required to have lifelong high-dose biotin supplementation to avoid those terrible symptoms that Megan just mentioned. Susan, have you heard of uncombable hair syndrome? I have not, <laughs> but it sounds really interesting. Well, in my research for this episode, I learned about uncombable hair syndrome, which is also known as spun glass hair. It's a rare disorder of the hair shaft of the scalp that is characterized by having really dry, frizzy hair that literally cannot be combed flat. So those that are affected have very light blonde or even silvery colored hair. It often develops before the age of three, but it can occur later on. And it's even thought that Albert Einstein likely had this, but I don't think that there's any actual proof of that. Einstein did have a lot of bad hair days. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are a few case studies suggesting that biotin supplementation of at least 5 milligrams, which is more than 16,000% more than the recommended amount for you or me, may help improve manageability of uncombable hair syndrome after several months. Wow, really? So it's not just a bad hair day on a humid afternoon in South Texas. Definitely wow. worse than that. But imagine the combination. Oh. <laughs> but this biotin supplementation is not considered a cure. The science is pretty weak. But the good news is that for many people, this is a temporary problem. Even without supplemental biotin, the issue often disappears after puberty or early adulthood, except maybe in the case of Albert Einstein. Okay. So what about biotin supplementation in the average person without a genetic biotin-related issue? I mean, lots of people are taking it because mm -hmm. they really believe it's helping with their hair and nails. But what does the science say? Not much. Um, I found a review study from 2017 that examined all of the published studies of the effects of biotin supplementation specifically for hair and nails. There were a total of 18 studies. And while some of them did show a level of improvement with biotin supplementation, all of the participants had some type of underlying hair or nail growth problem to begin with. So these weren't average regular people. They already had problems with their hair and nails. Exactly. Hmm. 10 studies were specific to those with congenital biotin deficiency, like we mentioned earlier. The remaining populations had uncombable hair syndrome or brittle nail syndrome, although one study looked at children taking an anti-seizure medication called valproic acid. Oh, right. We said earlier that there are some seizure meds that can cause biotin deficiency and hair loss. Exactly. Well, in that study, all of the girls who experienced hair loss regained their hair by taking 10 milligrams of biotin a day. 10 milligrams is a lot. I mean, that's 32,000% more than what's recommended for the rest of us. We did the math. Yes, but it worked for those girls. And that being a young girl and having your hair loss from a medication that you have to take, mm. that's rough. Yeah. 
A study out of Switzerland found that out of more than 540 women complaining of hair loss, 38% were found to have low serum biotin levels. This appears to be the only study in the literature measuring blood biotin levels in seemingly healthy women reporting hair loss. About 10% of these women with low biotin levels also had either inflammatory bowel disease or were taking prescription meds that can contribute to low biotin. So we know that while hair loss is associated with severe biotin deficiency, there are really no published scientific studies that show biotin supplements are effective in preventing or treating hair loss in men or women. But of course, larger randomized placebo-controlled studies are needed. For sure. But what, okay, so not so great for hair, but what about nails? Is there research linking biotin supplementation to improve nail strength and growth? Well, there have only been a few small studies, and all incorporated about two and a half milligrams of biotin daily, which is about 8,000% over the recommended amount. And this occurred over about five months. And they did find varying levels of increased thickness and hardness of nails, but only in participants who had soft, brittle nails to begin with. Hmm. So it sounds like biotin supplementation really only helps if you're biotin deficient. Yep. So it's like we said in the second part of our supplement episode last season, taking more of a micronutrient than is needed, especially a water-soluble vitamin, is like expecting topping off your gas tank is going to make your car go faster. Still a great example. For sure. All right. So what's the bottom line? Will biotin supplements improve your hair and nails? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) If you have soft or brittle nails, you may have a mild biotin deficiency. So in this case, taking supplemental biotin may help. But outside of pregnancy or lactation, malnutrition or medication effects, or having a genetically caused deficiency, biotin deficiency is pretty rare. And none of the research showed real benefit to hair growth. And of course, instead of supplementation, you can also just change your diet. We always say food first. So if your hair and nails aren't growing the way you'd like, look at your diet, a healthy diet rich in foods, especially things like lean protein, healthy fats, and whole fruits and veggies. They can be so helpful. Mm -hmm. And many of these have biotin in them. You may want to consider a biotin supplement if you have a very limited diet and don't eat a lot of those biotin-rich or protein-rich foods we mentioned earlier. But remember... As we discussed in our two previous episodes on supplements, they are not regulated and they may not contain what the label says. So buyer beware. If you are choosing a biotin supplement, make sure to look for those USP or consumer lab certification marks on the label and check out the Office of Dietary Supplements for more information about biotin. We will link it in our show notes. And if you're already taking a multivitamin every day, you're already getting some supplemental biotin. If you take excessive levels of biotin supplement, though, it probably won't hurt you, at least not physically, because it's a water-soluble vitamin, any excess biotin will likely be urinated out. But it might hurt financially if you're buying supplements you don't need. And if you're going crazy with biotin supplementation, it can screw with some of your lab tests. Exactly. So keep that in mind. For a list of biotin-rich foods and to view our sources for this episode, check out our show notes at yournutritionprofs.com. Thanks for listening. Join us next time when we will be discussing the non-nutritive sweetener, aspartame. 
class dismissed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find the show notes and a list of sources on our website, yournutritionprofs.com. Your homework is to follow us at Your Nutrition Profs on Instagram and to listen to our next episode. You can listen on Amazon Prime, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. We'd appreciate it if you'd like us, write a review, subscribe, and invite your family and friends to join us too. If you have a nutrition or health question you'd like answered, let us know. We may do a show about it. Send an email to yournutritionprofs at gmail.com or click on the Contact Us page on our website. Thanks to Brian Pittman for creating our artwork. You can find him on Instagram at brianpittman77. See you next time. time.